What's goody? <laughs> I don't like that. What's good? It's Tommy Did It. You're listening to Annoyed TV. by Big Baby Gucci, one of the two songs that my guest today chose. It's another day, another episode of Annoyed TV in your ears. And on this episode, we have the great and powerful Tommy Did It. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Tommy's work, but if you're not, let me break it down for you. Tommy is a photographer who's captured some of the most amazing moments for someone his age. He's photographed people like Trippy Red. LeBron James and Bronny James, and a plethora of amazing natural environments. His catalog and portfolio is not one specific thing, and that's exactly how Tommy wants it. He wants to make sure that he's not stuck in one lane. As he gets into it in the episode, he doesn't just want one lane, he wants the whole highway, which if you ask me, that's a bar. From the outside, Tommy's insane work ethic may seem like he's some guy that stays up all night and is always working, but that's not really how he is. He's obsessed with his craft, but he understands that there's value in taking time and preparing yourself for the next steps in your journey. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. I'll see you on the other side. All right, so today I'm here with one of the most interesting men in the world. I realized a couple weeks ago that my first question, I jacked it from Nardwar, actually. For real? So shout out to Nardwar, but my first question always, who are you? That's a great question. Honestly, I don't go by many names. Most people know me as Tommy did it, Tommy. Uh, My family calls me Tom. But yeah, who am I? Only few people know, honestly. I would say basic. I'm a photographer, athlete, artist, uh, and hopefully a friend to a lot of people. So, no, yeah. That's great. That's that's a great way to, to sum it up, bro. Uh, before we get into all that stuff you just mentioned, man, talk to me about all this success and all this movement you've got going on, bro. How does it feel to to have all this going on in your life and all these all these accomplishments already in 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 such a short amount of time. Well, before we get going, I want to like make it known like when people talk on podcasts, they like speak like things are facts and like nothing I say is like a fact. Like it's just from what I know from my experiences in my life and I can only speak on that. So like if you listen, you like I relate to that. I relate to, you know, everything I'm saying is just my opinion Mm -hmm. and from my life experience. So I would say like, I don't know. It's annoying because like, like in my career, I've gone through so many ups and downs and, but everybody views success as like linear and nothing about my journey has been linear. Like I've bounced around, gone so many different places. They only see the final product, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, especially what I did in college uh, through my four years, like the shit that I took pictures of was like celebrities and famous people and all that shit. So like, obviously all that glitters is gold on Instagram. People are going to see that and take it for what it is and be like, oh, Tommy's up. Like he's going crazy. But like, there's so many things that just go on behind the scenes. I don't know. I just got off on a tangent. I would say I am super blessed for like the experience that I've had, the stuff that I've got to do, the people that I've got to shoot. I have a lot of stories. And it's really like shaped who I am and kind of shaping like the man that I want to become. I kind of viewed like college as like 
a four year experience to figure out who I am. And now I'm like, cause I just graduated from Capital University in 2022. Yep, shout, um, out, shout out. And so now I'm kind of like figuring out what kind of man I want to be. Just from the tone of your voice and like the way you were speaking about it, does it frustrate you when people only see that final product? You know what I mean? And they don't understand yeah. everything else that, that went into it. No, nah, not really. I kind of know what I'm signing up for, you know? It's like when I when I post pictures of like Lil Baby, obviously everyone's going to like be like, that's tough. <laughs> but that's kind of like why I want to transition into like different photography moving forward and kind of like really try to build something. Like those four years when I was in school, um, I was just trying to build like Tommy did it, build the brand. But at the same time, I was just kind of going like with my gut, my intuition, my instincts. And so now I'm just really focused on building something greater instead of just like, Cloud chasing. Like when I started out, I'm going to be honest, like that's kind of what I was doing. Word. Like I was just, I was looking at the biggest names and I was like, I want to shoot the best people, the most talented people. And I want to come into the game hot. Yeah. And there's something to be said about gunning for the top, like fresh yeah. out the gate. You yeah. Know? So don't discount yourself on that. But I see, I see for sure. the perspective you're coming from, but continue. Yeah. yeah, but that's pretty much it. I mean, cause you know, like growing up, I was a three, three sport athlete. So I played golf, basketball, and baseball for three years at Bexley high school. And then my senior year, I played soccer, basketball, and baseball. Um, and that was, like, my whole life. Like, I was a really wound-up kid with hella energy. Sports, like, consumed my life. So when I graduated high school and I wasn't going to play a sport, I had so much time on my hands. And I was, like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I, I, at first, I started selling, like, I would go on, like, uh, Alibaba and buy, like, hella fake jerseys and, like, DHgate. And then I would just flip them and resell them. And, like, that's what I first started doing. And then... I ended up transferring schools. I went to Cedarville, Cedarville University for a semester and that's like a hella Christian school. And like they had chapel every day at 10 a.m. They had a curfew uh, every night at 11 and on the weekends it was 12. Mm. It wasn't a bad place, but it just wasn't like, it wasn't a place for me. Like I still enjoy my time there, but I was like, I, I just need to get out. So I ended up transferring to Capital University and the first two people I met, they were uh, Andrew McEwen and Aiden Minton. And they were like some of my best friends for my first few years there. And they were super into photography and videography. So like, that's kind of how I got into that shit. And I just took it and ran with it. It's funny. Cause I'm starting these, I'm starting, I'm starting to answer these questions and I just get off on a tangent. I don't even nah, know where bro. we started. Nah, bro. This is, this is all you, man. This is all you, but, <laughs> but taking it back to, to when you were a kid, was there any thing about photography that, that interested you or what, what kind of things were you doing when you were kids beside playing sports? That's pretty much it, man. Like I was, I was always out. I was either outside or playing video games. So like to take it back even further about my childhood, I actually grew up and like the only thing I wanted to do was play hockey. I grew up in uh, South Bexley. And so we had like small backyards. Bexley is like a cool community because it's like, you have like a lot of 1% kids, like a lot of wealthy kids. You have like people from Livingston, you have some middle-class families. Like you have a nice mix. The majority is like super wealthy kids. Mm -hmm. But like on my side of town, we had like small backyards, small alleys, but my neighbors were like kind enough to let us use their backyard. They had like a little basketball court. And so they would let me and my brother play street hockey out there. So like growing up until I was in middle school, uh, I was just playing street hockey and begging my parents, please let us play ice hockey. But my mom thought it was too dangerous. My dad was like, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. to go do that. So kind of once I got to middle school, I realized like I got to pick different sports. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad played basketball at OU. Uh, but he never like put pressure on me to be one thing or the other. He was always like, he was always like, whatever you like, just do it. And so I gravitated towards baseball. I liked soccer when I was growing up. By the time I got to middle school, I was just like, I'm going to play golf because my mom got a bunch of golf on her, like on, on her side of my mom's side of the family is all short, like fat Italians. Mm -hmm. And my dad's side is all like tall, skinny Germans. Okay. My mom's got like the artistic style and like the golf jeans. And my dad's got like the athletic jeans. Mm. When I got to middle school, I was like, I want to play like for Bexley. Like I want to put on a uniform for Bexley. So I chose golf, basketball, and then baseball. And then I just kind of rock with those throughout high school. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I did. Mm -hmm. Like all I did. It was really hard because like I didn't realize how much value like we as a society put on athletes mm -hmm. because I was, I was like a pretty good athlete growing up. And I always had like people's eyes on me and attention on me. And I just thought it was like, because they fuck with me, like for my personality. But then I graduated high school and I went to college where I wasn't playing a sport and like nobody was paying me any type of attention, like hearing me out or like being friendly to me. 
it was a shock to my system because I was just like, damn, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you guys just fuck with me because I could throw a baseball yeah. and dunk a basketball? Yeah. <laughs> then I just got into some shit where I was like, since I didn't really have friends at Cedarville, and then when I transferred, I didn't really have friends at Capitol either. I was just like, I might as well build something. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I started plotting. That's when I started selling the jerseys and then just trying to find my way. Then I found the photography people. They were big into videography and they were really talented, both of them. Yeah. They had their own clothing brand too, a bunch of shit going for them, YouTube channel. So when I came to them and I started hanging out with them, I was like, I think photography is going to be my thing. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to try to do photography well, design well, videography well, like fashion well. I was like, I'm just picking photography and I'm going with that. Yeah. What, what, what about photography was so alluring to you? Because I mean, obviously you see all these like cool edits that people can do and shit like that now, but what was it about the still image that, that drew you in? I think for me, like photography fit, uh, like my work ethic and my style. Like the way I shoot photography is just like, how you and I are talking. Like I just kick it with people and I capture them naturally. Try to, which is sometimes bad. Like sometimes I knock myself for that because I'm like, you know, professional photographers and people that I respect and are really good, like are great at making people like feel comfortable telling them how to pose and how to do this and how to do that. And like staging and lighting and all this stuff. And me, I kind of just, I like capturing like people's authentic, authentic selves or just them doing an activity. So like, that's why I love music because it's like, if I'm shooting Black Bear, Black Bear's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing. And we're, but we're not like really interacting with each other. Same thing with like sports and basketball. It's like, they're doing them and I'm doing me, but I still like doing all the other types of photography as well. So, so you're hoping more now to maybe stray away from that separate world and maybe build a world together. Is that what you're looking more to do? Yeah, kind of. But I'm also like, like my photography just kind of imitates my life. Whatever my interests are, that's kind of just where I go. And people have always tried to say like, dude, you should just stick to music. Like you should be like the Cole Bennett of photography. You should just do this. Or people are like, bro, if you, if you had like a crazy watermark and you just pulled up to these gyms and did this and stuck with basketball, like, but I'm, I don't want to be, I don't want to have one lane. I want to have like the whole highway. Yeah. And that's not just with photography either. That's a bar. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. So I'm like, like right now I got some stuff in the mix. Like I've been trying like to get better at Photoshop uh, and just like graphic design and all types of stuff there. Shout out my boy Griffin. My friend Griffin is from Cincinnati and I've just been spending hella time with him on Discord. He's like insane at Photoshop. So I'll just have questions and be like, uh, Griffin, how do you use the eraser? And then Griffin will be like, oh, just hit E on the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> like type shit. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, so, and then uh, like I just got some stuff in the mix. I don't want to speak on it now because I'm not like... I'm not a big fan of talking about things before they happen. Most like definitely. I'd rather just show, not tell going back to photography and just keeping at photography. Like I like having the whole highway because like, if I chose just basketball, then my life would be just basketball and I would get bored with that. Mm -hmm. If I chose music, my life would be just music and I would get bored with that. If I chose just travel and nature, like I would get bored with like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's about the variety, yeah, the variety of it. You want, you want to have a dynamic, not just a dynamic portfolio, but a dynamic lifestyle as yeah. well. Correct. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, now one more question regarding, regarding your childhood. I like asking this question question because it brings up memories that at the time you might not have thought it affected today, but okay. it does. You feel me? Yeah. So the question I got is what's the most significant memory from your childhood that you think informs what you do now? Define childhood. Like what age? Anytime. I won't, I won't even say, I won't even like confine it to childhood, but okay. what's, what's just like a significant memory that you have that informs the stuff and the work that you do now? I would say, like, it's definitely, like, cliche, uh, especially for artists. But, like, the only time I've ever gotten curved in, like, a relationship was when I was in high school. And, like, the final time that it was, like, over, it wasn't, like, difficult. But I hit her up, like, a few times after it was over. I hit her up three times. And I did some corny shit, too. Like, I probably hey, would have curved me, too. Everyone's been through it. Everyone's <laughs> been through it, bro. It's cool yeah. to admit it. Everyone's done it. Yeah, for sure. But, like, looking back, I'm like, I would have curved me, too. But at the time, it was just, like, I hit her up three times, and she, she never responded each time. I, I took it, like, like Michael Jordan. I took it personally. <laughs> and, I, like, I kind of hate admitting it, but it's true. Because mm -hmm. I was just like, damn, she, like, she thinks I'm going to be lame and, like, nobody. Like, that only helped fuel, like, what was to come. Yeah. 
And then on top of that, like once I realized like people weren't really fucking with me because I didn't throw strikes anymore, like I was just a, a student. Uh, it was kind of a combination of all those things where I was just like, damn, like everybody loved me when I was like dunking a basketball and throwing a baseball. Mm -hmm. And now I lost that. And it seems like nobody cares. Yeah. So like a lot of this stuff started because of animosity of, towards people from that. Mm -hmm. But it's grown into like at the end of the day, I, I did all this for me. Yeah. And I think that's the best is like, like I've, I've let go of all those feelings and now I do everything for me and myself and like my family and my people. Mm -hmm. Now dig deeper into that time for me, bro. Like when you first stop playing sports and, and that realization hit you, like really talk to me about what was going through your mind, where you were mentally and physically at that time. I just had, I, I just felt like I had a lot to prove and you know, I, f I felt like there was a lot of pressure too. Um, when I got and this my, this is when you were at Cedarville, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And when I was at Cedarville and Capitol, I was only at Cedarville for a semester. So I'm the youngest too. So I got two older siblings and my older siblings are just like great. Like they're the best. My brother is like the opposite of me. He's an accountant. He's smart as fuck. Uh, my sister is like, she's a beautiful mom. Like she got a husband. Uh, like she's just doing great. Two little kids. They're the best. The sports was my whole identity and where I found value. And then once I realized like I can't do this for life, it was kind of like the pressure was on to find what I was going to be good at. And I wanted to be as good at that as I was at sports. Yeah. And so that's when I kind of just started like experimenting and finding things to do and gravitating toward what like made me happy. And like, I felt like was cool. I mean, I really got lucky. Like I really, I got really lucky finding Andrew and Aiden, mm -hmm. like the, they were the first people I met on the first night. And like my freshman year of college, like all I would do is like, I lived in this, the basement of this dorm called Schaff. It was terrible. And it, it wasn't like off. Like, I'm never going to say like shit was terrible. Like I look back at my life and things have always been like good because like I look at my circumstances and like, I don't dwell on shit. Like if I don't like where my life is at, like I'm in the computer lab, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on the go, like I'll stay super busy so that I can just like find a way out. Those first, those first few years out, out of being an athlete where like, I just, I just was like running around like a chicken with his head caught yeah. off. I was like, I just had so much to prove and so much to do. And I didn't want to become... I wanted my parents to look at their kids and be like, we went three for three. Yep. <laughs> like, I didn't want them to be like, damn, like, how are we going to help Tommy? How is he going to do this? How is he going to do that? Uh, and I went through like a lot of battles doing all this shit with my parents too. Cause like my sister went to a Christian school and went the traditional route and like killed it. My brother went to a Christian school, did the, did his thing. And then I was the kid that like went to Christian school and then transferred after a semester and was like figuring stuff out. And then I was like chilling with rappers and like my mom, she's like the sweetest person ever. But like growing up, if I wanted to like listen to a song, like buy a song on iTunes, like I would have to get it approved by my mom. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, mom, this song so good by B.O.B. is fire. I'd be like, can I get it? And she would look up the lyrics and she'd be like, no, it's too dirty. And so like, that's kind of like how my mom and dad like viewed things. And then they see like, I'm chilling with rappers and like, I'm going out and traveling and stuff. So it was like, it was a shock for them. And they were like really nervous about the path that I was on. And like, is this going to work out? And, and like, you know, I, I understood it. But at the same time, like I still had to do what I felt was right. So like for, for a few years there in college, it was like, the relationship was so up and down with my parents, mm -hmm. but, and that was tough, but yeah, bro. No, because that that's the hard, that's the hardest part. I think for any kid, because you know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm in a similar situation as you. I just graduated as well back in May, like for a while there it's, it, that's like the buzzword or the buzz term is like figuring it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just trying things and you're seeing what sticks. For sure. Right. So what, what other things were you trying to do? in that period of figuring out before you landed on, on the thing that you really went with? Once I found music, like I really didn't look back. And then music was like my, my, my entrance into the industry and like photography as a whole. And then once I got my foot, like shit just opened up and shit just started happening. Like the first concert I ever shot, my first shoot ever after my freshman year, I knew I wanted to like start doing photography and so I started working, I had like an internship at this independent insurance agency called Indium. And then I also worked at this golf course. So I was working like seven days a week and living with my parents and every check that I would get, I would just cash it and put it in a jar. And I was saving up for a camera so I could buy it at the end of the summer. 
So we're in like July, approaching August. And my dad was like, you should email one of your professors and like ask him what camera you should buy. And I was just like, part of me didn't want to because I was just like, you know, I don't really want to take advice from like a 50 year old. And like, I don't know. It was just like, but at the same time, I was like, no, I respect my dad. And like, I'll, I'll email one of the professors and see what he suggests. So he emails me back. He's like, I would suggest you get a Canon 5D Mark IV. And so I was like, yeah, that would be great. But it's like $2,500 outside my budget. And my dad was like, okay. He was like, if you keep working hard, you keep saving your money and you keep being smart. He was like, I'll pay for half of it. And that shit was like crazy to me because I grew up like my dad was like, if we're getting like, shoes for basketball the budget's $90 and I would look at my teammates who have like different kicks every day at practice and like we had like a hundred dollar budget for Christmas gifts and all this shit so he just said okay I'll pay half of it so like once once he said that and once I got that camera in my hand that was another thing where I was just like I gotta go crazy that's the go that's the green light yeah exactly Mm -hmm. like I I walked out of Midwest photo with that camera in my lap and I was just looking at it and I was like bruh I was like, I gotta, I gotta snap. Yeah. It's, it's crazy though, before you continue your story, it's crazy yeah. just how those, how those moments line up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it seems like that was out of character for your dad. Yeah. Right. For sure. But for sure. it's almost divine, bro. That it's like, and, and it's crazy to put that word on that one specific instance. But yeah. if that doesn't happen, maybe you're not doing what you're no, doing now. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I like, it's, it's crazy for me because like, and and my dad knew what he was doing too. Cause he knew like, he knew that I knew that like, this is a good chunk of change. Mm-hmm. And my dad, like, like he's, he's so good with money and same with my brother. Like they're just so good at handling their finances and being smart. And they don't like to spend fruit like willy nilly. Like mm-hmm. they don't like to just go out and shop and spend money like they're savers. And so the fact that he was like, like there was no, no, no way in my head that my dad was going to help me pay for that. And then he just said he would. So then it was like, it was the combination of like, holy shit. Like my dad is dropping. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta, I gotta go crazy. And then after that, my, uh, how I saw so how I got my first gig was in 20, it was 2018. I believe I shot breakaway and that was like my first shoot. So I got the camera, but then I wasn't, my dad said I wasn't allowed to shoot it until I had my half of the money. So I had the camera in the house and I was just looking at it, but I couldn't use it for like another month because I had to get the, the my 2,500. So once I got it, I was able to shoot, but I kept plotting. Like I was, pl- I was sending emails. I was looking at festival lineups. I knew what I wanted to do. So shout out this guy, Jordy Ross. He manages Lucky. And then he also manages this other artist, Lil Lowski. And Lil Lowski was like one of the performers at Breakaway 2018. So I, I DM Lowski and he, he was like one of the only artists to get me back. And he said, uh, he was just like, hit my manager. So I emailed Jordy. I started talking. Basically I sold my friend Aiden. Cause I was like, I had no work to show for. I hadn't like, I had no camera. I had nothing. So I basically told him like, Hey, if you let me and my friend Aiden pull up, like, here's some of the stuff that we could do, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we got on a phone call and then like Jordy made it happen. He got us two media passes. And that night was like one of the best nights of my life. Mm. And I was just like, going back to your question, like I never really bounced around after that. Like I was just laser focused on this music shit. I was, I was pulling up to festivals any way I could. In a way, when you're, when you're in college, college low key teaches you how to be like an expert bullshitter. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> I was like bullshitting in school and like, not, not necessarily, but you know what I'm saying. I hear you, bro. Yeah. I hear you. And then, like, I was also, like, just finessing. Like, try, like dude, that, so for one concert, uh, I, I shot John Bellion, and one of my favorite artists growing up was this guy named Marky Basie. So I wanted to shoot Mark bad. And he was on tour with John Bellion. They had a concert in Cincinnati. And so I was looking at who Mark follows, and we didn't have any mutual follows or connections or anything like that. But I saw that he followed every single one of his fan pages. And so I just made a Marky Basie fan page and I started posting on it for like two weeks. And finally, after two weeks, Mark liked one of the pictures and I was like, oh shit, he's working. Yep. And then I kept posting after like a week later, he followed me and then I just sent him this long DM and I was like, okay, so here's what's really going on. <laughs> and then he just responded. He was like, laugh my ass off. That's hilarious. He was like, hit my manager. We can get you passes. And then he got me passes. So like people will always ask me like, how do you get to shoot these? How do, how do you do it? And 
and honestly, I hate, like, I hate doing that stuff now, but like back in the day, like that shit was fun. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was a game inside the game, inside the game. Yeah. And like, I found an entrance into these shows a different way each time. But then again, I have friends who are like concert photographers who like, they be getting with magazines, they're, they'll get with publishers, they'll get with artists. Like, it seems like they have 40 ways to get in. And then me, I'm just like, shit. I made a fan page yeah, for Brody. Yeah, I DM'd the bro. <laughs> yeah. Nah, dude, that's, that's, I think there's something to be said. Like, outside of that being an amazing story, it's just going all the way back to when we were saying people only see the final product. Yeah. There's something, and, and then they wonder, they're like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. Bro, you could yeah. do that. You can do it, too. You know? 100%. You just said, if you got an Instagram, you can do it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And I think that's just a testament to your persistence and like once you did find this thing that was for you you just went crazy on it you just went insane on it is that a trait that's always been inside of you like as soon as you find something that you're really about you're like i'm i'm all in on this thing yeah i mean i'm kind of finding that out as i get older i'm a very like instinctual person and like i'm not strategic at all but i've found out like and I've had friends who like make a lot of money and they're entrepreneurs and like all this shit and they always try to talk to me like through the lens of an entrepreneur and I'm not an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, like, I, I don't view my shit like, oh yeah, I'm a hard worker. Like I do this. I stay up long nights. Like I'm finding the, the older I get, I'm not like an entrepreneur. I'm just obsessed. And so like, if you become obsessed with something, like who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people are just very meticulous about how they move and they're calculated on how they do things. And me, I'm just like, I just going off intuition. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that that's another thing that, that should be pointed out is at this point that we're at right now that you and me are having this conversation, I think there is almost a toxic level of entrepreneurial content out yeah. there. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. It's it, deflating, dude, bro. And it's, I don't want to say poisoning, but it's just warping people's minds to think only in this one specific way. Like yeah. you got to stay up all night. Like you can never sleep and that's the only way you're going to make it. Yeah. Like, no, bro, I sleep. All the time. I love <laughs> yeah. to take naps, bro. You know what I'm saying? I but I still feel as though I'm building something for myself and I, I see myself in a successful way. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Going back to like, kind of like the origin story of how everything started, like Aiden and, and Andrew, they both were like incredibly hard workers. And when I first started, I just adopted that mindset and I was like, just going crazy, like work, like working OD and like it helped cause I didn't have any friends. So it's like, might as well spend time with these two. And so then I was just like in the same room as them and they were always working. So I was just going to work. But the older that I got, the more I realized like, because you can only do that for so long, yeah. like shout out them too, because like, I mean, I'm not as close with them now, but like they had that work ethic and they kept going and going and going. But for me, like I could only keep that up for like a year and a half mm-hmm. before I was like, damn, <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yep. And so then that's when I started kind of like the process and the journey of like, I don't have to like hate my life to be good at something. Yep. Like I can, I can be good at something and enjoy it. And that's like, that's really why you want to do something anyways. Like if you have a dream and you want to pursue it, the reason you want to pursue that dream is because it's not work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why am I taking this thing that I love and I'm just beating myself up about it. Yep. And so that's when I kind of like switched switched the perspective on it. And it was like, listen, if, if I don't feel like working, I'm not going to work. Yeah. And I started doing that like two years ago and it's just been so much better for me. There's so many different ways to get it. Mm-hmm. There's so many different yeah. ways. And going back to the point I was making, it's just that there's just a narrative out that there's only one way yeah. that you can get it. And that, that's just warping people's minds. And it's a shame yeah. to see, bro, because I see it all the time <laughs> everywhere. And, and I hate it. I hate nah, it. Nah, for sure. Look, in my book, success looks different for everyone. Define your own. Literally. Literally, like, bro. I mean, you, you wrote it out. You wrote it out. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm, I'm wondering, you, you kind of gave the origin story, but when... <laughs> like I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, type shit, type shit. But when did Tommy turn into Tommy did it? When did that evolution, we'll call it, when did that happen? Bro, even, even part of me just feels like corny for speaking on it yet because I'm so far from where I want to be. Yeah. Dude, I've been asked to come on a few podcasts before and like, I'll, I'll like, I'll kind of flake and like, I, I feel like I'm not at a point where like, if I have something to say, like people will listen. Like I, there's no reason anybody should listen to me mm-hmm. or listen to what I have to say. So like, I don't know. 
that's completely off topic, but I just feel like I have to say that because like, I don't, I don't want to come on here and then post on Instagram and be like, listen to my podcast and me spit some knowledge. Like I don't have shit to spit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just speaking from the heart. But, but you know, but you got to know that you, you have worked hard enough to accumulate some kind of status that people are interested in what you have yeah. to do and what you have to say. You know what I mean? For sure. But you know, like, like we were saying too, like a lot of the shit you see on social media is just toxic. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't want, I don't want someone to be like, damn, yeah, I got no emotion going on in my life. And like, I watched this video and there's like Andrew Tate screaming at me and saying like, I got to work hard and be a better, like everybody's just telling you how and what to do. And like, I don't know, it's, it's like draining. I I just want to make that shit clear. But yeah, thank you for saying that. And and I I do agree. Um, But I would say it's funny you do say that though, because I was talking to my one friend the other day and we were just talking about the name Tommy did it. And I was like, I don't know, bro. I feel like I might be outgrowing it or like change it to something else. He's like, no, Tommy did it. It's fire, dude. He was like, everybody be saying like, Tommy did it. Like, oh, my bud, Tommy did it. Like just shit like that. I don't, I don't really know when Tommy became Tommy did it. Do you even think Tommy is Tommy did it? Or are you just Tommy? <laughs> I feel like I'm just Tommy. But when people like call me Tommy did it in public, like I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't know. It's like, it to me, it's like people are recognizing what I'm trying to build and what I'm trying to do. And it just, it's like, it makes me feel good. And I, th- I think we, we've, we've established it. But when, if you could lock it down in, in one specific moment, what, what was the click moment for you that was like, yo, like I got something going on here. What, what was that moment for you? Uh, like throughout the journey, I've thought I've peaked a hundred times. Like, you know, growing up in Bexley and not really being on the side that has like all this money. And I had ne- like a lot of these kids have these experiences like on, on winter break, they'll just go to like Ibiza. Or, like, go to Spain or go crazy places, come back tan as fuck and, like, all this shit. And, like, I had great experiences growing up, don't get me wrong. But it's, like, I never thought I would be in the same room as Future. And I never thought, like, I would have Derek Henry's number in my phone. And, like, I never thought I would have these experiences. And so, like, every time something like that happened, like, I would have, like, a long drive home and I'd just be like, damn. Like, after I shot LeBron back in, like, 2021, I was driving home. I'm just like, bruh. Yeah. What's like, what's next? Like, how do I top this? And like, how do I keep going? But going back to the original question, I would say there's definitely more to be said on that tangent. But going back to the original question, I would say for me, when I realized like I had something going is 2019, I came back and shot Breakaway and I was able to have like an artist pass and bro, I would just pull up and I would just be friendly as fuck to everybody. Like I had so much life and so much joy in me back then. And like, I was so new to the game. I didn't realize like that people could be assholes. Mm. And so I was just like a butterfly, dude. I was just like running around talking to everybody. And there was this one bodyguard who I thought he worked for breakaway, but, uh, he worked for black bear. And so his name was, uh, I think his name was Kevin. I forget his name. Uh, we'll go with Kevin. Yeah, we'll go with Kevin. <laughs> but he uh, he was just, he was huge, bro. And I like, like when I, I just loved dapping him up because he had like huge hands and a big body. So like every time I would see him, I would just like, we would dab and it would be crazy. Yeah. And then we would just chop it up. Yeah. We kept talking. And so like after like a few hours, there was a set done and uh, I had just shot Black Bear. And I went back, like in between sets, I went back to get a water and Kevin was like, yo, Tommy, I got to introduce you to my boy. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then he like opens this locker room and he's like, yo, bear, come out. And he he was like Black Bear's bodyguard. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know like this was your boy. So then we started talking and like, I just talked to Black Bear like, bruh, he was cool as fuck. Like the coolest celebrity I've met to date he was just telling me about like his life, how he's about to have a kid. And like, just like, we were just chopping it up and Kevin was cool as fuck too. And like, it was just, it was a really cool moment. And I told him like, at the end of our conversation, I was like, yo, I also like snap pictures, uh, while you're performing. I was like, how you, do you want them? Like I can send them to you email. I can send them to your management. I can send it. And he was like, Oh, just text them to me, bro. And he like gave me his number after that moment. I was like, damn, like I really, I might have something Mm -hmm. here. I might, I might have something. So going back to the the point that you were making about how at the beginning it was fresh and new and exciting, what ways do you shift your perspective to make it that way now? Now that you're kind of a veteran yeah. in it, you kind of know the game, you know the landscape, how do you still keep it fresh and, and fun for yourself? 
I think I've recognized that, you know, it's not always going to be fresh and fun. Mm -hmm. So I think the main thing moving forward is that I'm always like true to myself and just my authentic self, no matter what. With that being said, like it doesn't have to be fun. It doesn't have to be crazy. But as long as like I'm being myself, I'm cool with that. A lot of these artists, it's not even their fault. Like I won't name names, but like I just linked with an artist like a few months ago and he started blowing up. And like before he blew up, like we would just text, we would, we would call occasionally and like we just talked about our dreams and like how we want to take over the world together. And like if shit goes accordingly, like he wanted me to come out to L.A. and move move in with him for like a month and just work. But then he started to like blow up and like he just hasn't hit me back and like shit has fallen through, which is fine, mm -hmm. you know. But there's a lot of things that happen with artists is like in his case, like he could have blown the fuck up. And now he's got a whole team managing him. Yep. And so they're like, no, 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 don't use this guy. Use this guy. Like, and now he's like, he's not really even his own person. Mm -hmm. Like he's not controlling shit like he was. Because that's the thing about being an artist is like a lot of these people try to get it with the people that they want. Yeah. But like, if you don't have that core people that have been with you forever, as soon as you blow up, you're going to have like, like if Interscope gets a hold of you, and they're just going to like, they're going to control everything. Mm -hmm. So with him too, in this specific instance, like, bro, I was totally cool with just being friends. And that was that. But then like some artists will reach out to me and get excited and be like, yo, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And then they take it to this place and then they can't follow through with it. And now it's like weird, but I'm like, bro, you didn't even have to do that. Yeah. Like we could have just been, we could have just been homies. Yeah. Like, cause I don't need anything from you and you don't need anything from me, yeah. but it's like, the whole industry is just there's a lot, a yeah, lot man. going on. That, so. That's 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 so shitty, bro. Because you, in real life, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you know. But when yeah. you add all the smoke and mirrors to it, it something changes. Yeah, right for sure. What what what's the? I feel like that might be it. But what what's the thing you wish you could change about about some of the business that you that you do? I like to operate in good faith, mm. and like I like to believe in the good in people. Sometimes like it's not reciprocated and that just can be like, like I'm, I'm cool with that. And now like I've, I've made peace with that. And so like if I have a crazy relationship with someone for like four years and then they just tarnish that for like nothing, it really won't affect me. Damn, bro. That's <laughs> sad to hear. Actually, that's honestly sad to hear, bro. I mean, yeah, it, de it definitely is. And like, I don't know, like even, uh, I was telling my boy last night cause it's funny cause he asked me, he was like, what's like the most, who's the most annoying person you've ever had to work with? And I was like, oh my God. And I completely forgot about this, but it was like, it was unrelated. And it was this basketball trainer. I'm not going to spend too much time talking yeah, about must it, have, must have. but he, uh, he needed like 430 second training videos of him training to put on his, like he was going to sell a course. And the shoot was like a two hour shoot away. I was living, I was a sophomore in college. I was like broke as shit. Like my rent was like $150 a month. And I was like, I had to get a job at PacSun so like I could pay it. And then this dude comes in, he's like, I need 400 videos, blah, blah, blah. I need this, I need this. He was like, how much would you charge? I, I said 800, yeah. which is crazy for 400 videos. Like that's insane. But I was like, dude, that's rent for the summer. Yeah, like God. we good. Mm -hmm. So he ends up, writing me a check for 350 and then he's like once you finish it I'll send you the rest and I was like okay I finished all these 400 videos I sent him the link on Dropbox he says he sends me the check I'm like okay I didn't get the check like I'm, so now I'm just waiting for the check to come in the mail a few days pass week passes two weeks pass I text him I'm like hey I didn't I didn't I never got the check and he's like oh that's crazy because my accountant said that the check got cashed at a Walmart and you know checks that get cashed at walmart aren't traceable so i feel like you're lying like bro he just tried to he tried to play me and make a whole thing of it i'll just cut the story short there like you get the gist yeah, of it no, i but got you bro yeah because you don't you don't want to you don't want to give too much energy to that shit bro. exactly I, I feel you i hear you exactly but do you have a group around you that you feel is very solid and that you feel like you can lean back on yeah. in, despite all this other shit going on 100 percent, 100 percent I honestly don't go outside too much because like I said, I love being a nice guy. Like I, I love, I love being a friend to a lot of people, but like I really value my time and what I'm building. So like my circle is literally like my roommate, like Chandler, you met him on the way in, like, bro, he's like, he's the best listener. He's the best friend. He's got so much wise shit to say. He's two years older than me. He's like a software engineer. And like, he's just, he's got a lot of life experience. And like, he's someone that I can always count on. And it's nice, too, because he's in a completely different world. 
it's just really nice because he has a fresh new perspective and he's like, he's on the outside, you know, like if I tell him this shit and he's like, yeah, dude, that's just the industry. He's like, no the way they did this. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like he just, he listens as like a great friend and just a human. Yeah. And like, I'm very selfish in that, in that sense too, where like a lot of times I will just come home and I'll just be like, bruh, you got to listen to this story about me and fat G's. <laughs> and he's like, who the fuck is fat G? Like, I try not to take him for granted at all because, like, he 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 will just sit there for like an hour and a half and just listen to me. Like, like I wish we like we time lapse our conversations because I would probably look like a tweaker and he would just be there like sipping on some tea or listen. something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shout out to the boy. Shout out yeah, to the boy, man. For sure. Let Let's move off of off of that negative conversation, bro. Because we don't yeah. want to give we don't want to give no more energy to that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, let's look more towards what you got going on. September 1st? Yep. Right? Yes, sir. You got a book coming out, bro. Yep. Tell me, for those that don't know, what is this book? What's in it? What can we expect? Who's in it? What? What is this? <laughs> what is it? I'm calling it Pictures to Listen To. So, like, it's been about a year-long process, and I got the idea because Chandler, when I, I moved in with him, I moved in with him about a, a year and a half ago, and the first time I moved in with him, he was like, hey, check this out. And he just shows me this book and it was like, he like wrote a book on like finance and I just saw it and I saw the Your cover. Your made it. Yeah. Okay. I saw it and I saw the cover and I saw his name on the front and I was just like, bro, this is hard. Mm -hmm. I was like, what'd you do this on? He was like, oh, this company called Blur, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, damn, that would be kind of cool. So I just kind of like started experimenting with it and I was like, that would be cool if I could make my own book. And then I kind of just lost interest, but I had started something. I didn't want to give up on it just yet. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to order a prototype copy. And if I get the book in my hands and like, it's crazy, I'll continue with it. But when I ordered that book, I fully expected myself to not love it. But once I got it in my hands, I loved it. And I was like, dude, I got to make this book. So then I just started... I started coming up with a bunch of different ideas on how to make the book cool and like unique and who I want to be in it and like what I want to do. And so it's called pictures to listen to because each page comes with like a Spotify QR code that you can scan it. And the song that goes with the set of pages is either like, it's like the vibe that I was like, that I just felt like the picture called for, or it's like a song by that artist, or it's like a song that I was like listening to on repeat during that trip. Like music is such a big part of my life. I make a playlist on Spotify every month. And mm -hmm. so like a lot of times, like I'll, I'll just go back. And like, when I look at like the Grand Canyon pictures, I'll just be like, Oh my God, like me and my boy Sandro, like we drove to the Grand Canyon, like through the night and I just had this song on repeat and yeah. it was just like some of it is random some of it is the vibe some of it it means a lot to me like the song that's with the page but yeah the first 77 pictures are like collage type shit and just like showcasing like different celebrities and artists and athletes and then the last like 20 pages are just a gallery so just like photos on paper and I chose to have just the gallery because I went to my grandparents house and I showed them the book and I showed them the first book that I ordered and it was just pictures on paper. And my grandma was like tweaking. She was like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I was like, grandma, that's not even like, like the book has evolved so much more. And then I showed her like the real book and she was, she wasn't even like as hype about that. So I was like, maybe, I, maybe there does need to be space for just pictures on pages. So I kind of added that last section for like my grandma. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh -huh. shout out grandma. Shout yeah, out grandma. for sure. What, what was the hardest part, the biggest struggle you had putting this together? I don't know. Like a lot of things that were like difficult or challenging for me were mostly internal, but like, I love that because I was able to like learn from it. Like I've learned how to just like believe in myself and like not even just believing in myself, but just putting something out there. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like I was telling you before we started, like I, I really don't even like the book anymore. And like, I don't as much believe in it. And I know that's not like good promo, but I'm just speaking from a place of honesty. Like I just spent so much time with it. And I, like I told you too, like I've kind of closed the chapter on this part of my life and I've just spent so much time with it. But at the end of the day, like to a fresh set of eyes, like the book is crazy. Mm -hmm. And I, I did, I have spent so much time on it. And so like, I learned a lot about kind of just releasing art as an artist and 
kind of how that goes, like the kinks that you have to work out, like what you got to do with publishers and like how you want to buy the book, how you want to market it and just like really wrestling with all the things that I want to accomplish with this book and how I want to sell it. And like, at the end of the day, like I hate, I hate self promo. Mm. Like I hate it. But like, I've just like, I look at it this way. Like if I'm going to sell this book, I probably got to tell people that the book exists. Yeah. I've just, I've learned a lot about kind of like managing myself and managing your brand and like just kind of creating something that I feel like other people will enjoy. It's been like, it's been a good experience in, on that side. And like, yeah, I really don't think there was like, like, that's the thing that was great too, is this is a personal project. Mm-hmm. So like most everything I do in life, like I'm such a spaz, like I'm like, start to finish, start to finish, start to finish. And this book was great because I was like, relax, relax. And so I, I would like work for a few months on it, order a prototype, get it back in my hands. And then I would just come up with another idea. Yep. And then I would work for a little bit, get a prototype back in my hands. I'd be like, oh, that would be crazy if this happens. Like, I didn't even think about the Spotify QR code thing until like three months ago. And so that's another thing that I've learned is like, there's, there's value in relaxing. Mm -hmm. Like there's value in time. And like, I also started this book when everybody was telling me like, yo, you need to make NFTs and all this (laughs) shit. And I'm like, bro, I'm plotting on a book right now. (laughs) Like I was so far from that space, but yeah, I just learned, I just learned a lot. The value of iteration and of, like you said, just slowing down and, taking a look at the, at the bigger picture of everything that's going on yeah. surrounding the book or not just surrounding the book, but surrounding your life and, and where you are. Yeah. You keep, you keep mentioning, you feel like a chapter is coming to a close in your life. Yeah. What, what does this next chapter look like then? If this was, say this is just chapter one or chapter, however old you are right now, yeah. what does the next chapter look like? Yeah. What, what are you yeah. envisioning for yourself? What do you want to happen? Where do you hope to be? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's like, that's the thing that I love like about my life is like, it's so like, it's a blessing and a curse because like, I I love like being unpredictable and having new experiences all the time. And like, I love like my life right now is the perfect balance of like stability, but also unpredictability. Mm -hmm. And so like, I kind of like the idea of viewing my life in like four year, like chapters. Um, and I work with this guy, I work full time too at this creative agency called Ology. And one of my coworkers, he's like 50 and his name's Mike. And he was like, I was just talking to him the other day. This is a few months ago. And he was just like, oh yeah, my past life, I was blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh yeah. And then in this life I was blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's kind of a dope way to look at things. Mm -hmm. Like, cause he had a coffee shop at one point, then he had his own business, then he had this and he's been a dad and like, he's just lived a lot of lives. And so I'm kind of looking back on my life, like, oh yeah, I did the whole athlete thing. And then I did the whole photography thing. And so it's like, look, moving forward, like who knows what other lives I'll live. But like I, I was telling you, I, I do have some things in the works. I've been working on them a lot recently with my, my boy. We're kind of plotting something, something pretty, pretty special. But again, I, I, like I told you earlier, I don't like speaking on things yep. until they're done. Yep. Like if we had a crazy amount of motion already and things were in the works and like it was looking good, I would be comfortable speaking on it. Mm-hmm. But for right now, I just, I don't want to put it in the air. No, yeah. for sure, for sure. And that's kind of why I like how I live mm-hmm. is because I don't know what the future will look for me. Now, now let's talk about your photography in this next chapter. What is, what does the photography look like? Cause you, I know you said you're trying to stray away from the things that you've been doing. How are you trying to reinvent yourself in that way? My photography in college in the four years there, it was like the subjects were the main focus and like the driving force of my photography. Like it would be like, Oh, that's a good picture. Damn. That's young thug. Like, wow, that's great. Like it's hard. But now I kind of want my photos to just speak for themselves. Like it's not about who's in the picture. Like, you know, being a photographer, if you shoot people, like the focus of that photo is always going to be that person. But I don't want the value to be from a hundred, like a hundred percent who that person is not taking any credit away from other people that do that or, you know, that style of photography and that business and that whole industry. But I want to, I just want to create like more original art. I kind of want to get into like graphic design and just kind of like create more original pieces Mm -hmm. and kind of just see where that goes. Yeah. yeah. So a succinct way to put it would be, you know, just create the world, the world of Tommy Mm -hmm. did it right. Not just the images, but it's like, you got maybe videos, you got graphic design, like you said. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Obviously we've established that you are a photographer. Mm -hmm. That, that is what you do. (laughs) 
since photography is this within the last 10 years, we'll call it has just gone crazy, bro. Like, you know, people like Gunnar Stahl, Race Croft and Mine, like all those yeah. people, images are a form of currency now, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone sure. thinks everyone can be a photographer, but, you know, people do it for a living, all that kind of stuff. What do you think makes your photographic perspective unique and what sets you apart from everybody else doing photography? That's a good question. Going going back to the whole self promo thing, like I don't I don't like I don't like speaking on my work and 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 coming from a place of like, oh, people fuck with my photos because of this or people like like I don't know. I kind of just like I like I said earlier, like everything I do is like organic and just authentic, especially how I shoot photos. <laughs> Which can kind of be jarring. Like sometimes I'll, I'll pull up for like senior photos or I'll pull up for something that's more like standard. And sometimes people are like a little bit like shocked that like I didn't go like, all right, now ready? One, two, three, <laughs> like type shit. So I would say I would say if I had if I had to place a thing on why people like my photography, it would just be because maybe that authenticity just shows. But you know, it's it's also hard because like so many of the people I have shot are celebrities. Mm -hmm. I I would say like the big the big celebrities are like, you know, that's just that's just my creative eye mm -hmm. and kind of like how I frame them and like for me, 90% of photography is just framing. Yeah. A lot of people like when they take pictures, they'll just like they don't really think about framing. And that's like the whole thing in photography. I'll, I'll ask my friends even some photographers like to take pictures of me and I'll get them back. And like my feet are outside of the frame. Like they're not even in the frame. And I'm just like, what, are, what were you thinking, my boy? <laughs> I would say authenticity and just I, t I take pride in like how I frame my pictures. But yeah, I mean, I, again, I move at a pretty quick pace and... I really don't like slow down and like I do love like some nights I will just I'll just be like I'm tired of working and I'm like I just go to my website like I swear I'm the, I view my website more than like anybody else because like I'll just be boom 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 and like for three months I won't even like look at my pictures like I just like I spend time editing them and then I do the whole thing and then I post them on Instagram and then I'm on to the next yep. and then I repeat the process so like some of the, my favorite nights are just the nights where I have like an hour to just go to my website and actually look at the pictures and like actually appreciate my own work. Yeah. It's reflective. Yeah, for reflective. sure. Right. For right, sure. Right. Well, we're, we're rounding out right now. We only got a few more questions for you, bro. But first off, I want to say thank you for taking the time to, to do this. I, I've really enjoyed the things you've had to say and your perspective. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons, bro, then no one can take that away from you. You know what sure. I mean? So just thank you. stay grounded in the stuff that you're doing. And, and I'm really excited to see the shit that you got going yeah. on. For sure. Well, thank you for having me on. Yes, uh, like I said, I've gotten uh, opportunities to go on other podcasts before. I've just got cold feet, but I don't know. Something about when I met you at the virtual meeting or uh, not the meeting, the party. Uh, I was just like, I could see myself like chopping up with this dude for an hour and it'd be cool. And yeah. that's what it was. So awesome. thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right. Favorite person that you've shot? Favorite person I've shot? Mm. Trippy Red. Why is that? That was just like such a good shoot. The details behind that, I uh, I got like a last second call from my boy at uh, Seventh Gear Exotics. They like rent foreign cars and it was around like Thanksgiving time. And he just called me right after I got off work and I was so tired and I was just like, I can't wait to go home and just kick it. And so I was like relaxing, just chilling. And then I got this call and he was like, yo, Trippy's about to be in town. He agreed to shoot like three pictures. I, he was like, I want you to pull up and take them. Are you cool with that? I was like, yeah. So I go over and on the way there, I was like geeked, but not really. And I was also super tired and I was like, he only agreed to have like three pictures. So he's not like, I probably won't even be able to come away with anything to post. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just kind of, I just went in and like once he got there, we just started talking. And then uh, I knew like a friend that he knew. And like once we started talking, he was just cool. And like, like my favorite thing to do is just connect with talented people and like, trippy like I, I i can't say i can't speak on who he is as a person you know i only got 30 minutes with him yep. but like those 30 minutes were really special and 
he had like he started posing for me doing a bunch of shit he started talking to me about like his future plans like he was showing me the rick owens that he got on and like just talking about fashion and a bunch of other shit like he didn't have to do that like he agreed to three pictures so like that that night and that shoot just sticks with me because i shot so many famous people before and it was like they didn't even know Mm -hmm. but when i shot trippy we actually got to like just kick it for like 30 minutes and it was it was really special. Yeah, and I, I think that goes back to I, I don't know if you you are doing this on purpose, but maybe that feeling when you first stopped playing sports and people weren't fucking with you like that. So it's like you're not trying to treat them just you're not trying to treat them like they're super famous, you know. Yeah. You're just trying to be that genuine dude yeah. that, that you are, right? Damn, you just connected those dots for me. I didn't Come even on. know that. Hey, I got you. I was listening. I'm here for you, <laughs> for bro. Sure. I'm here for you. All right, favorite event. Favorite event that you've done? Uh, favorite event? Um, uh, honestly, I, I really enjoyed uh, in like 2019, maybe 2020, uh, I got to shoot like the Cleveland Browns feeding the homeless Word. in Cleveland. And that was fun for multiple reasons. Like some of the homeless people were just like hilarious. Uh, some of them were like, it was just cool listening to them speak and, and hear their perspective. And then some of them, like there was with this one homeless dude that just like freestyled for us for like five minutes. And it was like funny, but also hard. And like, it was just a good experience. Then on top of that, I got to meet like a lot of the Browns players and stuff like that too. So that one was just fun. What does the perfect shot look like to Tommy? If it goes exactly the way that you want it, what does the perfect shot look like to you? Um, Immediately, like the picture that just came to mind is like anything with nature. Like I don't, part of me loves the challenge of photographing nature because like all of this shit that I do, that's not nature is like, everyone's trying to communicate something. Everyone's trying to like either be themselves or like showcase their personality or look hard or whatever the case may be. They're trying to be something. Whereas like nature is just, it exists. And so it's like, you can capture it however you want. Like when, when I photograph nature, it's like, you know, however I choose to view it is how the world is going to see it. Mm -hmm. Whereas and there's beauty in that, but there's also beauty in like photographing a subject because it's like more 50, 50. It's like how I frame you, but also how you pose and like all this shit. But yeah, I would say the perfect picture is, I don't have a, a perfect idea of what it is, but in my mind, it's something related to nature. All right, bro. What's next, man? I know, I know we touched on it here and there, but what, what can we expect from Tommy here in the next month, two years, 10 years, whatever. <laughs> what, what what we got going on? I think just touching base on like the fact that like my life is unpredictable and I like that. Um, I can't really say what's coming next. Uh, I don't really have an, I mean, I have somewhat of an idea of what's happening in the next two months, but two years, I don't really know. Um, but the thing that I want to make sure uh, that I'm doing is like, I'm always being a good friend and a good person and like being a good I'm an uncle now. So like, I want to be a good uncle. I want to be a good son. Like, I just want to continue trying to be a better person to those people in my life that I care about. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we're trying to grow the audience, bro. Always. We're trying to tap into every single part of what we call the culture. I know that's like a big buzz term. Mm -hmm. Who else should we have on the pod? Who, who else would be a good guest to get on here? (sighs) Ah, let's see. My boy, Deucey Gold. Okay. Word. <laughs> yeah, Word. For sure. I'd love to make that happen. I'd love to make that happen. Yeah. All right. This is your complete open mic section of the podcast. Mm-hmm. List can be as long or as short as you want it to be. Shout outs, bro. Go ahead. Shout outs. Uh, mm, I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, like, I don't like to be, like, this kind of is counterintuitive to everything I've said, honestly. But, like, I would... Like looking back, like I am very proud of myself and how far I've come and everything that I've dealt with. Like there were so many nights uh, where I was just like flying by the seat of my pants and not knowing the future at all. But I've always, always trusted myself. I've always trusted the process and I've always been like, I'm going to trust it until like it, it fucks me. And it's never, it's never been that. So like I, I, I do like... I don't know. I hate saying that, but like, there's a lot of value in just trusting yourself. Um, and that's kind of like, I don't want it to be a message of damn. I like, I believed in myself so much that it, it worked out. But like, I want it to be a message of like, if you are passionate about something that you're doing, be stupid and believing yourself, but like, but like, make sure like you're obsessed with it or like you're about it. Like, don't just be like, Oh yeah, I do this sometimes. Like I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna do this. Like if you're obsessed with it, just, just trust yourself. 
Just trust yourself. That was the that was the most deep shout out section I've ever heard. That was the most deep shout out section I ever heard. That's right, some I got, Kanye shit. I got one more question. I got one more question for yeah. you. Don't think on it too okay. much. I just want the first answer that comes to your head. If someone right now were to walk up to you and give you twenty thousand dollars, but you could only spend it on something for yourself, what are you getting? I know you said not to think about it, but like twenty bands. It's like, it's kind of an awkward it's amount. It's a very specific <laughs> amount of money. Um, so I'm so impulsive with money and I'm like, I'm horrible. I would probably just invest it into this company that I'm about to start. This dude, <laughs> this dude, that was a Tommy Did It podcast. We're done. We're out. We're out. and there you have it the official tommy did it interview big shout out to my boy for coming through i know he definitely didn't have to do this Man, it was a great conversation. So many gems dropped. He's seen a lot. He's done a lot. But there's still a lot more to go. Tommy's book, Pictures to Listen to, drops on September 1st. Available to everyone, but there's only 15 copies. So if you want to get one, you got to swallow it up because they're going to run out fast. By this time, you should all know, follow Annoyed TV at Annoyed.TV on Instagram. Make sure you go to AnnoyedTV.com for all blog posts and updates. We're going out with Since I Got On by Kevin Powers, the second song that Tommy chose for us. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Megacy, and you're listening to Annoyed TV. I ain't the same on them drugs. Bro said keep it on it, it stuck with me. They used to hate and I was low. Heard you want to see some title, bitch, come with me. My sin is trying to act real tough. It's probably because a girlfriend want to come fuck with me. Probably because I'm cold She knows I'm never sober. She heard this shit, I sold her. She's a polo, been Toyota. Let's link up tomorrow, smoke purple gelato. I roll